Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. Before we begin, before we begin, let's see if I can talk. Uh, Before we begin, I want to share a little caveat, which I also don't really know how to pronounce, so I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it correctly, caveat. Um, Before we begin this week's episode, in this episode, I'm going to talk about victim mindset and blame. And there may be a few of you listening who have been victims in your life victims of abuse, or circumstances beyond your control. And I want you to know this is not what I'm addressing here. And I'm sure you'll understand as you listen to this episode, but I want to make sure I'm incredibly clear up front that I'm not talking about actual victims, but rather how we can sometimes unknowingly develop a victim mindset in our lives. So this week, I want to talk about blame. And I want to talk about being stuck in a victim mindset. Anytime I would hear someone reference a victim mindset, I didn't think that applied to me. I haven't been a victim, not of anything overly terrible, and I don't have a victim story. Therefore, I'm not a victim. But I was surprised when I began to realize that even though I didn't have a moment where I had been victimized, I had actually been playing the role of victim in my own life. I've linked blame and victim mindset together in this episode because I think they can often walk hand in hand. About two years ago, I began this writing journey and God kept depositing topics into my head that I felt inspired to write about. I began to keep a list on my phone and then I would jot down whatever came to mind. I wasn't posting anything on Instagram. I wasn't writing a book. I was just writing little essays, like thoughts on a subject. So one of these topics that came to mind was blame. I have no idea why, but for some reason, I knew I wanted to write about blame. So on a Tuesday afternoon, I wrote the word blame down on my phone notes, intending to write all about it at some point in the future. Well, the next night, Wednesday night, I hired a babysitter and I made my way towards my weekly Bible study. Brennan was often working evenings in this season, and I simply decided that I wouldn't be held back by this, and I was going to go to Bible study, even if it meant paying someone to watch the kids. En route to the study, I stopped in at a drive-thru ATM, so I would have cash in hand at the end of the night. I put my card in and punched the numbers and waited for my cash. I heard the noise that should indicate my cash was coming, but nothing came, and I had no card. I instantly went into this panic mode. I couldn't drive away with my card still in the machine and I needed cash for the babysitter. What was I going to do? The bank was closed, so I dialed the 1-800 number on the side panel. An automated voice came on and asked me if I wanted to complete a survey to win a free cruise. What? What was wrong with my bank? Why did they have this stupid survey? I hung up and I hit redial. Again, this voice 
asking me to complete this survey. This is ridiculous. I was going to be late. What a waste of time and money. I had a babysitter. This was costing me a fortune. I was so mad at my bank. I stopped for just a moment, looked back at the number, posted again and back at my phone, realized, okay, I had misdialed. I wasn't actually calling my bank. So I tried again. This time I got through to an actual real life person. I explained my situation with extreme frustration. I wanted this person on the phone to make it right. I was late for Bible study with no cash and my time and my precious kid free time was being wasted. I finally just had to drive away. I was so mad at my bank and the situation and I felt so helpless. At that moment, I remember feeling like a victim. I felt helpless and hopeless and powerless. There was nothing I could do. The next day, Thursday, I had to schlep my two little kids with me to the bank and I stood in line, very irritated that I had to do this errand at all. I explained to the man behind the counter what the situation was and he was incredibly apologetic. As he handed me my newly issued debit card, I went to place it in my wallet, right beside my old debit card. The one that I thought was stuck in the machine was actually sitting right there in my wallet. I quickly closed my wallet and said thank you and hauled my kids off to the van. What had just happened? My debit card hadn't been stuck in the machine after all? I'd had it all along? Let's just say I drove home feeling incredibly embarrassed. I think I must have been going through the motions and simply put my card back in my wallet without thinking about it. Then when the machine didn't give me the cash, I just believed my card was also stuck in the machine rather than what was actually true, which was that the machine was simply out of cash, but I had my card on me. Now the next night, Friday night, I sit down at my computer and I've got this time, this space to write. So I pull out my phone to see what topic I'd been wanting to write about. One word popped out at me, blame, right. The word I had written on Tuesday, note to self, be careful what topics I put on my phone. Well, I definitely had a story about blame. I couldn't believe how quickly I had jumped to blame the ATM, blame the bank, blame the guy on the other end of the phone when all along it had been my fault. I realized as I drove away from the bank that when I blamed others for what was happening to me, I immediately became a victim. I was helpless and hopeless and powerless, but I wasn't. I had the bank card right in my wallet. I just couldn't see it. And I think this can happen to us often in our lives. We can jump quickly to blame others for what we actually have the power to change and control. It may not be as easy as opening our wallet to see the evidence, but often once we are aware of the reality of our situation, then we can begin to take action. For years, I blamed my kids on my grumpiness. It was their fault. They prevented me from sleeping through the night. I'd never had any alone time because of them. They made everything in my life more difficult. And some of these things are true, but to be honest, I was staying up way too late trying to fill an empty bucket in my soul through Netflix and snacks. But I blame my kids for my tiredness. I blame my husband for working so many evenings so I could never get out of the house with girlfriends. 
but he was in full support of me hiring a babysitter to leave in the evening. It was just easier for me to be a martyr in my own life than to actually make a change. I blamed my kids for my weight gain and my emotional eating, but took no action to move my body or practice self-care. I blamed Brendan's schedule for me having no time to exercise, but I had each morning before he left for work if I chose to use that time well. It was a shocking discovery for me to realize that I had a say in my own life, that I did not have to stay stuck. When we blame others for the everyday injustices we feel, we stay stuck. Blame is like quicksand, keeping us permanently in a place we don't want to be. But when we blame others, we put the responsibility of change onto others and off of ourselves. It's just so much easier to blame others and to take responsibility for our own lives and begin to make changes. And we see this in the Bible. In John 5, Jesus meets this guy. We don't know his name, but we know him by his condition. He's referred to as an invalid, someone who wasn't well. And he was hanging out by this body of water that supposedly every so often was stirred, possibly by an angel. And it was said that if you were the first one into this body of water, when it was stirred, you would be healed. So this man had been hanging out here and waiting for someone to help him into this water. And I think the conversation he has with Jesus says so much about where he was at. Jesus looks at him and says, do you want to get well? The man replies, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. This man wasn't doing anything wrong. He was simply doing what he had always done, just hanging out, hoping that someone would help him. When Jesus asks the question, do you want to get well? His his response, the man's response is tinged with blame and victim mindset. There is no one to help me. I'm all alone. Someone else beats me there. And Jesus doesn't make fun of him. He doesn't say, listen, buddy, stop blaming yourself or stop blaming others for your situation. That's not Jesus' character. He simply says, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And the Bible says that at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. And I wonder if there are areas in our life where Jesus would look at us and say, do you want to be well? Well in our relationships, well in our health, well in our finances. He's not making fun of us or suggesting we really should have our act together by now. He's not heaping guilt or shame on us. He's just saying, do you want to be well? Get up, pick up your mat and walk. Have you found yourself blaming others uh, for circumstances in your life? I wish I could say I don't blame anyone anymore, but I still do. Not often, but when I'm not in a great headspace, I begin to do this. Actually, blaming others is a great indicator to me that I'm not doing well. It's sort of an aha moment to let me know something is off. A few weeks ago, I was feeling frazzled on the kids' first day of school. We walked down to school as a family, which I should have been thrilled about, but I was a little peopled out and overwhelmed by all of the emotions of my second daughter starting kindergarten. And on the way home, my husband handed me his travel coffee mug, which I shoved into my purse that was already way too overpacked and heavy. And I wasn't even thinking that I could have just said, no thanks, and have him carry it himself. Then in my weird state of mind, I threw my coffee mug in there as well. 
only mine still had a little bit of coffee in it without a great fully closing lid. So after the trek home, I was tired and irritable and I went to open my purse and I noticed I had spilled coffee throughout my purse. I handed Brendan his mug and said, you should have carried your own mug. It was too heavy for me and I spilled coffee everywhere. He looked at me a little shell-shocked at my outburst and said, um, I didn't have any coffee in my mug. And I knew that. It wasn't even a worthy blame. I was just so frustrated with how I was feeling and this spill sent me over the edge and my gut response was to blame. Thankfully, I am more easily able to recognize that when blame comes out of my mouth, I don't have to stay there. I don't have to live in that space anymore. So as quickly as I recognized what it was, I was able to apologize. For me, so many of the negative behaviors I've had have been habits for most of my adult life. And probably if I asked my parents, they'd say my childhood as well, but let's not go there. And for some of these things, they just feel too overwhelming to change. Can we really change our habits and what appears to be just who we are? And my answer is no and yes. No, we don't really have the power to change. I mean, self-help would say yes, but often just trying to do better and be better is exhausting and doesn't last. It's the classic diet scenario. There's a reason that often people who diet end up putting the weight back on. I know I've done that. We can only try so hard. But we can change and change as a true transformation of who we are. It comes about through Christ, through surrender to him. He is able to do full and complete heart transformation that extends to our habits and our personality. He helps smooth out the rough edges. It doesn't mean we won't slip back into old habits from time to time. We're still human. But it does mean we can be aware when we do. We can apologize. We can learn and grow. We can take ownership. The Holy Spirit is a powerful tool in helping us recognize unhealthy behaviors and habits. You may be quite familiar with the story I shared from John 5 about the man by the pool at Bethesda. But do you know that Jesus has another conversation with this guy? He runs into him later on and says, You've been made well. Sin no more. In the Passion Translation, it says, Look at you now. You're healed. Walk away from your sin. And to be honest, this is tough. This is what I've been talking about. The man didn't heal himself. We know Jesus healed him. But now Jesus is saying, go live a transformed life. Sometimes we want Jesus to heal us, but we also want to just go living as we've always lived. And true freedom will come when we allow Jesus to heal us and then begin to leave our life of sin. And I'm with you in this, friend. This is not easy. And Jesus is not demanding perfection from us. But for some of us, as I know it was for me, it's time to grow up. It's time to own our actions and to stop blaming others for what is happening in our lives. Let's do this. For this week's activation, I just want to ask you a few questions. Is there an area of your life where you feel like life is just happening to you? Is there something you could change or something you could do to change that area? Spend a bit of time this week just thinking, just coming up with creative ideas for how you could thrive in this particular area of your life. 
I hope you have a great week and I hope this episode has helped move you one step closer to thriving. Take care. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to po- podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, if you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. This has been an Extend Network production.